0: Three, two, one, showtime. Welcome back everyone to Happy Hour with Louis Q. I am your host, Louie. Before we get started, a little bit about what I'm drinking for Happy Hour today. I've got Monday Night Brewery's Lalo IPA. At just 90 calories and 3.2 ABV, Lalo is an IPA that packs a surprising amount of character. Um, it is delicious. I, If you would've put this in front of me, I wouldn't have been able to tell you that it was an IPA. It's only got 90 calories, so that's awesome. For those of us trying to get in our summer bodies but don't wanna be drinking Michelob Ultra all day long, Lalo IPA is your beer. Uh, we live in Atlanta, Georgia, so those of you guys that can't access the Monday Night Brewery, I highly recommend going and getting some of their beer. It's delicious, so always support your local beers. Let's get into it, guys. Coronavirus, Uh, I live in the great state of Georgia, so I will only be uh, focusing on what's happening in the restaurant industry in the state of Georgia because I do not know what's going on outside of it, right? But today is Tuesday, April 21st, 2020. Uh, yesterday, our governor Brian Kemp announced that he will be reopening Georgia starting Friday. Uh, Friday, I think, restaurant—not restaurants, um, barbershops, uh, nail salons, gyms, uh, places of those nature will be allowed to reopen. Uh, movie theaters and whatnot. And then Monday, he gave restaurants the green light to reopen as well. Restaurants and not bars. So. Uh, what does that mean for us? Uh, well, right now we've got a lot of pissed off people, I guess. Uh, the, I think we've got a lot of mixed reactions, surprisingly. Um, I can only speak for what's on my, my Facebook feed and from what I'm hearing around the block, but uh, a lot of people that I know um, are a little hesitant about what's going on and I uh, think that it's a little bit of a premature opening uh, for our state, We, I, I do believe we were one of the last states to close and we're one of the first ones to open. So that does, that's a little alarming, but you know, we are in the Bible Belt. So, you know, you better hope that the big man upstairs has got our backs on this one, cause it's happening. So regardless, Georgia is open for business come Monday. A lot of restaurants are open still. They never closed down. Others did close my restaurant. Uh, we closed down for about a month and we will be reopening curbside to go uh, starting Friday. And then we'll kind of evaluate it as we go uh, to see what we you know what the next step is for us Uh, but our sister restaurant papa Doe, they've been open it they've been open still uh, serving to-go food and they've had you know pretty good success so i think that people are still going out and eating i have personally been probably at least once a day going out to restaurants uh, supporting the local businesses that i really enjoy um but we'll get more into that later so we got a lot of angry folks um i don't think that we can expect a grand reopening of restaurants and gyms and barbershops you know there are going to be those folks that really need it and really need to get out of the house because they've been quarantined for you know over a month but i'm not picturing in my head everyone just stampeding towards the gyms and towards the barbershops and lines out the door for restaurants. I, I don't think that's going to happen. I think, I believe in our folk here in Georgia. I think we're a little bit smarter than that. So I think it's go one of two ways for the state of Georgia. This could either be a huge disaster and, I mean, let's hope it's not, or, I mean, you know, we just, it works for us and, you know, uh, Governor Kemp gets a great pat on the back for everything he did for the great state of Georgia and getting us through this pandemic and we all go slowly back to life as it is. But, you know, I can't predict the future. I'm not going to predict the future. All I can say is this is uh, going to be really interesting to monitor what happens now with restaurants and with our industry going forward. What does post-COVID-19... Restaurant industry dining experience, dine in, and takeout experience look like. Uh, I think that because of this, our entire experience is going to change forever, or at least for the foreseeable future. So, even though the governor says we can reopen restaurants, I don't think they're going to completely reopen. uh, And if they do completely reopen, I don't think it's going to be what we're normally used to when it comes to. Going to restaurants and dining in to eat. I was reading a very interesting article on either the other day, and I have it pulled up right here. Uh, they interviewed a restaurateur Jean George um, because he reopened his restaurants in Shanghai, uh, and he had this to say: When you walk into the restaurant, it's all government rules. There are a lot of restrictions. Taking the temperature from all the chefs, taking temperature from the customers as well no table bigger than four space, six to eight feet between tables. Nobody touches money. So people go to an app for the restaurant on their phone. The waiter just brings wine, water, and food. So that is insane to think about, you know, we are so used to the, the interaction at least here in the States. Uh, I've never been overseas. So I don't, I wouldn't know what the restaurant experience is like in Europe. And you know, probably when I, if I ever do make it to Europe, the, it'll be a post COVID-19 Europe. So, uh, I'll never get to know what it, you know, used to be like, maybe, I don't know, but this does raise a lot of, you know, different, uh, questions and, you know, what to expect here in the States, um, as far as restrictions go, you know, I think our guests are going to expect a whole lot more from restaurants now, more than they ever have. Um, you know, because of this closure and you know, uh, all the restaurants having to close down a lot of our favorite restaurants aren't going to be reopening period. Uh, you know, they just weren't able to, you know, pay the rent. They weren't able to stay afloat for whatever reason. They probably won't be coming back. I don't know what the percentage is on that, but I'm sure it's pretty high. Uh, and then you also have to consider before you even consider what you're going to do with the dining room, you got to make sure you're staffed. A lot of our people aren't going to want to come back. You know, how about that server that has two children at home? They got two brand new babies. Are they going to want to risk going to work and getting sick and getting in contact with somebody inside of the restaurant? and then going home and infecting their entire family? I don't think so. So you gotta, first of all, before you even consider reopening, we have to make sure that we have enough staff to be able to reopen. And then once we do have that staff, what does it look like? I'm gonna go and let's let's talk about what just the curbside model looks like before we go into the whole dining room aspect of it curbside pretty much will stay the same. A lot of restaurants that have been doing curbside are seeing you know some success, uh, some more than others, right? But I think if we're gonna open something, those restaurants with patios should strongly consider, at least for the first couple of weeks uh, after the government or after your local government decides to reopen. I think it's it'd be super intelligent of you to open up just the patios right now the weather is perfect for it so we don't have to worry about you know it being too cold but if you have an outdoor area where air is circulating you can space people out a little bit better you can still give that dining feel i would take that over being enclosed in a restaurant for the first couple of weeks and i don't think our guests would really mind that much because we are looking out for them, right? At the end of the day, they understand that we're looking out for them and that we have their best interest in mind. So, I think if if I own my own restaurant and I was, you know, and I had a patio and I had a dining room floor, uh, we were still open for to go, we were doing decent with to go. I would strongly consider only opening the patio for now and then seeing where that goes, being able to social distance and keep the air, you know, the natural air circulating I think would be a huge plus for us right now, especially with Cinco de Mayo coming up with the weather starting to change. At least here in Atlanta, it's been in between 65 and 70 ish degrees when it's sunny outside. It's beautiful. So now is the perfect time to be outside. Besides that, I don't, I don't think there are going to be, you know, that huge influx of people rushing to go to restaurants. You know, I, for one, I'll be going back to work. Now for those restaurants that do decide to open their dining room floors, patios, bar, everything. You know, you guys are going to rock and roll and operate on all four cylinders. How are we going to do that? What is the guest going to expect from you as a restaurant in order for them to feel safe to sit and dine in for you? Uh, how do we social distance within the restaurant? At my restaurant, we were doing right before they, you know, they told us to shut down the dining room floor. We did every other table uh, was sat with guests. The bar stayed the same, but the bar, I mean, wasn't really, I mean, there was a huge decrease in bar sales. So, I mean, the, the guests weren't sitting up there, but we did have guests that wanted us in the dining room floor. Uh, I would say on our half price fajita nights and on the weekends, we go on maybe a 15 minute wait, 15, 20 minute wait. And despite seeing, you know, rows of empty tables, none of our guests really came up to us and said, Hey, man, you quoted us 20 minutes. Why the hell can't we sit down? They understood that we were doing it for a reason. We were doing it for their safety. And I think the guests are going to continue to appreciate those extra precautions. I think now more than ever, people are going to be okay with waiting if they have to, uh, so that they can feel a little bit safer about enjoying a meal with their family. So what can we expect, uh, our post COVID-19 or what can our guests expect from post COVID-19, uh, and the reintroduction back into uh, normal life to, to, to our life? Uh, I found an interesting article on restaurant hospitality the other day. And, uh, it talked about one i okay. For those of you guys that don't know me, uh, my favorite place to go, this is going all the way back to middle school in high school after every single football game and track meet that I had, I would go to McDonald's. I, I am a huge McDonald's guy. I know some of y'all might be thinking what is wrong with you, but it, it, they got my heart. McDonald's will always, forever have me. I'm a huge guy. Anyways, it was super interesting because this article is about McDonald's. Uh, this is from Restaurant Hospitality. Uh, they were when when asked, you know, what McDonald's would be doing to follow the guidelines and to basically um, well, what they were doing to prepare for reopening, they had this to say. Uh, McDonald's leaders said restaurants will follow local guidelines and make the necessary adjustments when reopening dining room floors, which will likely include expanded safety measures beyond what the brand is already doing now to keep employees and customers safe. The brand recently began checking employees' temperatures and is installing safety shields at the drive-through and inside counter. Every employee is also required to wear a non-surgical grade mask, which accounts to 900,000 masks used each day, That's insane. Um, first of all, to think about you know how many masks're going to be using. I think the interesting takeaway from that is that whatever we're doing right now is nothing compared to what we what is going to be expected of us in the future. Whatever you are doing right now, if you are still open right now, whatever safety precautions you're taking, that's not enough. You're going to have to figure out how to not only improve on whatever you're doing, but do it in a way to where your guests feel like you've, you're going above and beyond because if not, it's over. No one's going to come to your restaurant. You know, you could have that A on the front of your door from the health inspector, but if you're not doing more, no one's coming to your restaurant. Um, it's super interesting to think about, uh, over here where they were talking about checking employees' temperatures, making sure that you don't have a fever because there are those people, uh, there are those people that are going to lie. It's only human nature right now. Most, some people have been out of work for, you know, God knows how long they're struggling. Their family needs that paycheck. So what do you, if you got two little kids at home, you got to go to work no matter what. And if that means hiding it, I mean, I'm not a father, so I don't know, but I'm assuming at the end of the day, your family comes first. So checking temperatures to make sure that those people who are kind of saying, okay, now I feel fine. I'm okay. We're sending those folks home. We're making sure that nothing is coming into our restaurants. that's going to affect our guests uh, expecting clean restaurants. Okay. I'm talking sanitation beyond anything you've ever done before bleaching every 30 minutes, proving that you're bleaching every 30 minutes. If your restaurants and dining room floors are open, uh, that's minimal contact. That means from, you know, the gloves, your, your, your cooks are using the using tongs, not even touching the food face masks. Now, now this is something to think about, how uncomfortable it's probably going to get because i mean in our restaurant we use a mesquite grill so that grill is you know anywhere between four to five hundred degrees fahrenheit it's hot uh and hot charcoal now you're asking me to cover my face i can't even breathe i got that heat i mean it's that's a mess um so that that's something to think about that's not only taking care of the guests, but we want to make sure that our our, our staff is still taken care of and they're 100% safe, you know, as well, they're operating at a safe level. What is social distancing going to look like in the restaurant now? Uh, When I get sat, how is my experience going to be from the moment I walk in to the moment I leave? When I walk in, are the hostesses going to be bleaching down my menu? Uh, am I going to be seeing that? Am I going to be able to 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 know that it's clean? Am I going to open a dirty menu? Right when I get sat, is my waiter you know having too much contact with me? Is he touching his face too much? I'm going to be watching everything. Is he is he have a mask on? Is he you know breathing too close to my little kid? When the food is coming out, are they actually physically holding it, or are they carrying it on trays? And when they're carrying on the trays, how close are those little fingers of theirs? you know, coming to my food or better yet, you know, if they're using a tray, how do I know that tray is sanitized? Are they using sanitized towels? Uh, I mean, there's there's so much to think about when we're in the kitchen, uh, how are we garnishing? Are we, you know, garnishing with tongs? Are we using our hands? Are our, well, our prep people, are do they have, you know, not only the hair mask, but they got the face mask on. So it, it's a lot to think about, especially if you're bringing your staff back because if we're gonna start accounting for a half capacity restaurant, our labor's gonna go down a lot. There's going to be you know, some staff members. A lot of operators right now are about to have to figure out who their most valuable people are. We're gonna to have to one, upset some people because we're not gonna be able to you know, afford to pay them. And you know, it's gonna make them feel some type of way. So you know, it's, it's a hard task you know, we have a, ahead of us because no one wants to look somebody in the eye and say, look, man, you know, you're great, but I don't have the hours to pay you. And you know, you're gonna to have to continue to be unemployed for however long and, and whatnot. So uh, I had a pretty interesting experience at Caesars the other day uh, this is my first time going to Caesars since probably college and I, I was really surprised with their with their system talking about labor. Uh, I placed my order uh, on the app and I got the notification saying my food, you know, my pizza will be ready in ten minutes. I got a email. This is the interesting part that I wasn't expecting. I got an email and the email said uh, this is your, what is it the, the Q something code? And this is, and if this is your four letter four number pin, when you get to the restaurant or when you, when you get to Caesars, put the pin in your food is in tray three. I was like, what, you know, what, what is it? What does this mean? So I walk in and there's one guy in the back and he's just, you know, he's making pizza. He says hello to me. And he says, all right, yeah, sir, your food should be right there. If you have the code, just scan it. And I said, what? So I pulled out my phone. I, I got the scanner out and I, there was this a uh, 10 compartment machine. And each compartment had pizza in it. Mine, I had ordered you know the pepperoni pizza with the garlic sticks, so mine had the garlic sticks in it. And it was like a really small compartment. So I scanned my code, the doors electronically opened, I grabbed my food and I walked out. I had no contact with anyone whatsoever. It was, it was pretty cool actually. Uh, I know Domino's is doing contactless service uh, Papa John's doing the same thing, and pretty much everyone's doing their, their best to do the contactless service. Uh, but I just thought that was super interesting, you know, thinking about for some of these uh, quick, fast food-type foods, how much technology going forward could impact their dine-in model because if, you know, th- this continues to, have be a, to to be an issue for us, uh, down the road and, and the social distancing is still, you know, very, very much a, a factor. Do we really need a lot of the employees we're paying? You know, can they be replaced with machines like what Caesars has? I mean, it, I, honestly, that guy was back there making the pizzas. You only really need maybe one more person to interact with the guests if you're, if you're just putting the pizzas in the, the little thingy so that that's another thing to kind of think about as far as operation is concerned you know is there technology that i mean it sucks to say it but you know that could replace me so despite everything i think the bulk of our our restaurant sales are still going to be in to go for at least the next couple of weeks and as every, you know, state slowly reopens, um, I don't think we'll be back in full force for at least maybe about a month and a half after all the restaurants reopen, or, you know, I think in the state, you know, in Georgia, at least, I don't think, let's say everything goes good with our restaurant. I don't think we'll be a hundred percent for another month and a half. So what are we doing in between then, uh, time stamps on food, I think. Is a great reassurance for our guests to know that once that food is packaged, it's sealed, it has not been touched, it won't be touched until you, the guest, take that food and get to examine it. Uh, that extra reassurance is going to be super important. Uh, I have been thinking about this a lot, and I think that this, co- you know, that I think that COVID nineteen has really Opened a lot of operators' eyes to third-party vendors. I've only had one, in, uh one encounter, or you know, a restaurant that I worked at with the online ordering, and it was a nightmare. Uh, and I'm, I'm talking about like Uber Eats, DoorDash, uh, what's Grubhub, all those. A lot of times, it was an issue. Whether it be a payment, whether it be Uh, I think I saw something on the, on the news the other day where they said four out of 10, or I think it was six out of 10, uh, delivery drivers, uh, said that they had eaten other people's food, which is crazy to think about that, that who in their right mind would eat someone else's food like that. But I mean, I guess there's some wild people out there, but it brings up the topic. Do we need third-party vendors? I think one, they're charging ridiculous rates and ridiculous prices for their services. Uh, for the get for our guests, it's it, it, the the extra charges and fees is unreal. I mean, uh, if I order four bucks of McDonald's, I end up paying like almost like I think it's like fifteen dollars just in delivery fees, tip, um, service fees, taxes. Like, there's all kinds of extra crap that they add on to it. And I'm I'm assuming that all these restaurants and and fast food chains are paying a ridiculous amount of money for all this. Now, I'm only going to talk about restaurants. You know, do we really need those third-party vendors? I think now is the time to seriously consider having your own app. Uh, And if not an app, some kind of online service, whether that be through your website, through you know, I guess technically you'd have to go through another vendor if you went online, but I think it's better than having to pay someone else. You can, you know, use your to-go servers as delivery drivers. I think restaurants should seriously consider looking into delivery service systems within their restaurants. I think it would be only beneficial to them, especially right now when to-go sales are, are where they're at right now with restaurants and how important they are. Um, you know, from now on, our guests are going to expect, uh, the curbside experience that they've been getting. So that's walking food out to them instead of them coming in to get their food. This, this whole quick, easy contactless service is going to be super important. You know, Like the article said earlier, having guests do paperless. You know, we're already in a technological world using the little squares or, you know, some kind of, you know, bringing the posi out on the iPad and being able to run their card there. That way there is literally no way that I'm bringing anything infected into the restaurant. That's, you know, been with the consumer or been with our guests. For those of you guys that are from Atlanta, you know the story, Uh, but I forget, it's like a year and a half, maybe a little more than that ago at Barcelona, uh, it's a local restaurant over here in Midtown. They actually tragically had a manager get murdered at the restaurant. Uh, somebody was trying to come in and rob the store and decided to, to shoot the manager and they ended up dying. Which we never want to hear and it's probably one of the scariest things to think about when you're on that closing shift and you're walking out of the restaurant either by yourself or with you know maybe one other buddy. What if somebody decides to you know hold me at gunpoint and Tell me to go back in the restaurant and open the safe up. So, w- what they did, and I think right now, especially, is super relevant. They eliminated all forms of paper payment, so their only card. Which, originally, when I first heard that, I thought, man, a lot of people are gonna be pissed. But then I started thinking. I never carry cash. I don't know how many people actually carry you know, wads of cash with them when they go out to eat. Most of the transactions we do are credit cards nowadays. So they were already ready you know, to kind of handle this. But I, I think it's, it says a lot about you if you decide to switch over to solely you know, electronic payment because that shows our guests that we're taking another extra step towards making sure that they're as safe as possible because money is one of the dirtiest things that we can come in contact with. And if we're constantly going through money from, diff, you know, from all kinds of different people that we're meeting and coming through the restaurant, I think it would put some people's minds at ease to know that you know, at least we're eliminating one extra way for one of your employees to come in contact with COVID-19. So that's just something to think about. I think it's important to note uh, a huge missed opportunity uh, for a lot of places and, and those restaurants that didn't implement some kind of delivery service system or app or online service to their guests. Now was the perfect time and our guests, you know, those restaurants that did do it, I guarantee you, your guests are going to appreciate and stick with you this much longer because of it. There's an interesting article I saw um, that said, uh, quarterly digital sales at Chipotle Mexican restaurant and grill reach a record $372 million. Uh, That's delivery and mobile orders. That's incredible. Um, it's going to continue to go up, but I think the fact that, you know, this speaks, you know, this is not just Chipotle, but all, you know, other restaurants that have been able to adapt to this new restaurant model, if you've been able to increase your to-go sales and you haven't implemented some kind of online ordering system, then you really screwed up because... Yeah, we can call over the phone, but being able to just go on the app, place my order, have my credit card information saved every time I go back, as opposed to calling and giving you my number on the phone again and just going through that hassle, having to wait for you to take the next person's order, you know, that that's just the hassle. If I can go on my phone, you know, in this day and age of, of iPhones and, and apps and whatnot, if I can go on my phone, hit up the app, place my order, maybe receive the, you know, a message when it says my food is all, you know, 10 minutes being ready, you should be on the way by now. I'm more inclined to go to those places than having to say, oh man, well, let me place an order over here at, you know, this restaurant and, oh crap, now I got a call. Now I got to remember what I wanted. Now I got to do this and I got to do that, as opposed to, okay, I can just go on this person's app order my food in five seconds and and go about my day. So the importance of apps, I think if you didn't do it, if you didn't hop on that train, then you missed a huge, huge, huge opportunity. Um, That app brings the, let me think of how to say this. That app um, also is bringing in rewards points you know, for places like Chipotle, you know, you tell your guests, you come into the, you come in and eat, you order five meals, you get a 10% off discount the next time you order, or you get a free appetizer the next time you come in, or you get a free soda or free whatever. You keep those loyalty points going, now you got your guests, because now not only do you have a online system that's quick and efficient, but now I have incentive to continue to go to your restaurant, to continue to order from you as opposed to, you know, some other restaurant. So once again, I think the huge missed opportunity, if you haven't made that switch yet, you need to get an app. Restaurants, I think post COVID-19 is going to be all about the app and the ease of um, order, you know, being able to order quickly. And not just quickly, but give me some value for my business. Because right now, you know, why, wh- what are you gonna do as restaurants to say, hey, I'm open again, come on back and see me? Those of you guys that wanna be a little cheap and, and you know, penny pick, this, this might not be the, the time for you, right? But at the end of the day, I think that going forward, restaurant operators should seriously look at eliminating that third-party vendor and just installing delivery systems themselves. Um, I think in the long run, it'll benefit you only. You know, instead of paying somebody else to do it, why not just do it yourself? I know there are some logistics. What if you're, you have to get insurance now? What if your driver gets into an accident? Now, you know, it's your problem. But I think the pros outweigh the cons in this one. that's just my opinion regardless of what happens our dotting experience has forever been changed at least uh to some degree everything we do now is going to be uh critiqued uh cleanliness you know those restaurants uh, and god i know there have been a number of places that I've walked into where you look and you get a peek at the kitchen, and, and we all know these places. Uh, There's some of our favorite bars and, and restaurants who you know damn well that place probably hasn't been cleaned in God knows how long, but that 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 extra grease, that extra you know, ugh, is what gives it that flavor. You know that just makes that place taste so good. There's there was this one this one Jamaican place that I went to not too long ago and i walked in and i saw the grease on the fryer i saw the way the fryer looked i saw where they were keeping the beef patties and i saw what the inside of that looked like and in my mind you know for whatever reason i'm a sick person in my mind i said holy crap this is about to be the best beef patty i've ever had in my entire life you know this is authentic this is you know when when it's when it's that when it looks like that, that means it's got, it's got extra seasoning on it, right? But, you know, there's no way it's gonna fly in 2020, you know, post COVID-19. We are seriously going to have to alter the way we do business. We're gonna have to alter the way our guests experience our food and experience our beverages and just enjoy themselves, period uh it's a super scary time right you know i think i'm a 27 year old kid uh my kids will probably be asking me hey dad were you a part of you know were you alive for for coronavirus you know did you get it what happened and i'm gonna have to say yes sir you know yes, son or daughter i was i was in it i worked in the industry you know my industry was affected the most it's uh troubling times for us obviously and you know, hopefully you guys are all doing well out there, but I think you have to look at the brighter side of things. you have to look at the opportunity in all this, you know, as a, as a operator, there are opportunities because a lot of places that you might've been competing with won't be able to reopen. Unfortunately, uh, that's just the name of the game. This is, you know, like I said before, this is one of the hardest industries to operate in. And it's just proved that it's even harder now to operate in it. So you have to really dig down deep and figure out how you're going to change your experience, front of house, back of house, uh, curbside, you know, beverage, uh, how you're going to keep the guests at ease and allow them to enjoy whatever you know, food you're putting out post COVID-19. If there's one piece of advice that you guys take away from this, I really think that it should be the importance of an app, the way things are going nowadays and the way the times are changing, you're going to have to develop some kind of app. Uh, Why do I, you know, why am I so big on the app right now? Logistically speaking, we're having to rearrange our, our entire restaurant model. Uh, those of you guys that are still open doing curbside, you're having to figure out not only how to crank out your food rapidly, but you're also having to figure out how do I accommodate all these cars? Where's the best place to put these cars? Our guests, you know, which is the most efficient way for them to be able to come to our restaurant, get our food and leave satisfied with, you know, the same product that they're accustomed to having. Um, We're having to do a lot of rearranging in our parking lots. One thing I noticed, uh, I actually recently bought a a keyboard for my Surface Pro and I went to Best Buy. And then this is is partially why I think that we as restaurants need to seriously change and, and go away from the, you know, calling in and placing my takeout order on the phone or even going online, you know, www. I don't know www.longhorn.com and placing my order there. I really think that each individual restaurant needs to have an app because of this experience I had. So I walk into Best Buy, or I don't walk into Best Buy, but I go on the app and I place my order. I get a confirmation email saying, your order will be ready within the hour. Uh, when it's ready, we will notify you um, and that's it. So about an hour goes by and I get the email saying, you know, my, my order is ready. Uh, when I arrive at Best Buy, check in through the app. So I'm thinking, okay, cool. So when I come into Best Buy, they've got little flags and they're, they're, they've got cones separating everything. And then in their parking lot, they've got these poles with numbers attached to the poles. I pulled into, I think it was number six. So I pulled into number six. I get on the app and it asked me where I'm sitting or like where my car is parked. So on the app, I, I type in, I'm at number six. I'm in a white Honda Civic. About five minutes later, or not, not even five minutes later, one of the, uh, the Best Buy employees walks up to my car. Uh, he asked me for my ID just to kind of confirm because what I was buying was a little expensive. So. He confirmed my ID was matching my profile, gave me my stuff and I was on my way. Super efficient. I never once had to do anything. I didn't have to take my, my credit card out. It, it was 100% the most efficient and convenient way for me to purchase this keyboard. So how do I bring that same style of, of uh, efficiency to the restaurant? Well, I think you do it by one. Uh, depends on your parking lot, first of all. You know, being, being able to rearrange things. But I think if you have an app now on the app, you know exactly who they are. Okay, on the app, you can say you know when you arrive, just check in through the app or call the restaurant. Okay, so let's say I'm placing an order for. Uh, I'm going to use Longhorn because I know their menu. Uh, I'm going to get the uh, the what is it? The the steak and chicken combo. Okay. I'm going to get a sweet potato and I'm, you know, I want bread. I want extra bread. So when I pull into the longhorn, if I pull in, I pull into number, you know, number, pull number four, okay. Car, or car seat number four. You can spray paint on the, on the floor, however the hell you want to do it. You know, whatever, be creative. But I pull into number four, I go onto the longhorn app and I say, I'm Lewis. I'm here. Now all you have to do, I've already paid, you've already got my money. So all you do is walk up, I lower my window, you give me my meal. I can check it and make sure that I'm not missing anything. Oh, I'm sorry. Can I get some silverware please? Or blah, 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 blah. And I'm on my way. Or if you don't want to go towards, you know, if you, if you don't want to go that extra step and say, you know, give me your car number, make model, yada, yada, yada. Now, when they pull in, I can call. Hey, this is Jennifer, or this is Lewis from. Uh, this, this, hey, this is Lewis. I'm here to place or pick up my order. Hey, this is Lewis. I'm here to pick up my order. Now it's, you know, the the, the the server walks out my food, and I'm good to go. I'm in a white Honda Civic. The, this is there's minimal communication because I think, as, I think as crazy as it sounds. Nobody really wants to call. It's too time consuming if that makes sense. You know, we're in, a, we're in a day and age where things are happening like that. I can go on my phone, Google search something, and I have an answer like that. So why would I call? Okay. Just think, think about this. So this is, I'm, I'm thinking in, you know, the young person's mind, why would I pick up my phone? this is take the effort to get my phone out of my pocket look your number up because i don't have your number look your number up push call sit there wait ring 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 you guys are busy you're getting your asses kicked so ring after five rings i'm hanging up you lost my business but let's say you pick up on the fifth ring Now I gotta say, okay, I would like to order, uh, hold on, I forgot what I wanted to order, now I gotta go back to the app. I wanna get the chicken sandwich, uh, hold the bacon, yada, 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 and I'm also gonna add this, and I wanna add that. Uh, Anything else for you, sir? No, okay, it's going to be $20.50. Okay, cool, you paying cash or card? I'm paying by the card. Okay, can I get your card number, please? Oh, crap, my wallet's in my car, give me one second. My wallet's in my room, one second. So now I gotta get up from whatever I was doing, walk over to where my wallet is, take my wallet, take my my credit card out, read you the information, and then continue on with my life. Doesn't sound super inconvenient, but when I can just go on somebody else's app, they already have my information saved, right? I've already ordered from them before. So all I do is place my order. If I'm a repeat customer, they might even have my order already ready. Mr. Quiñones, would you like to order the same, your usual, right? So that makes me feel even more special. Once I hit, you know, place my order, then it says, congratulations. You've received a rewards point. Your next time you can get a free dessert on us. You just lost my friend. If you don't have that app capability and the restaurant down the street does so if you're super anti app and, and you wanna continue to use the uh, newspaper ads for, your, for your, your resources and whatnot, then by all means do it. But believe me that if COVID-19 has done something for restaurants, it has emphasized the importance of online ordering because in a time where our guests want the most convenient package you better have something for them or else you're done i guess that sounds pretty ominous ominous that's the word but anyways you know what am i i'm just a 27 year old kid ranting about what i think about anyways thank y'all so much for tuning in uh this is episode two I go back to work on Friday, so I will definitely be letting you guys know how all that works out for us, how we're doing in Atlanta. Uh, Hopefully, you know, one of the things that I fell in love with about Atlanta was the food scene. Uh, I'm originally from South Florida and I had every intention of moving back home after college and I spent one summer in Atlanta and I fell in love with it. You know, the food scene is exploding the bar scene is is amazing. There's just so much to do here, and to think that, you know this pandemic could potentially cripple all of that uh, really sucks. But I have faith in the great state of Georgia, and I have faith in us and the people that we will rise above all this, and we will make it through together and you know. In a couple months, hopefully, we'll be, you know, I won't get to enjoy Cinco de Mayo the way, I guess, actually, I work in a Mexican restaurant, so I've never gotten to enjoy Cinco de Mayo because I've always been working. But, you know, I look forward to being able to enjoy a beer at a bar and scream at the TV about how my dolphins aren't doing anything and how we wasted another draft pick. Hopefully this year, you know, we do something smart, but I say it every year, the Dolphins will be in the Super Bowl, and every year I get disappointed, so at least I have the heat, I guess, but anyways, y'all, thanks for tuning in, uh, you can catch me on, uh, depending on where you're listening, all podcast formats, Apple, Spotify, Google Podcast. you can catch me on YouTube at Happy Hour with Louie Q, you can catch me on Facebook at Happy Hour with Louie Q, uh, Instagram, Twitter. We'll link all of it below. If you want to keep up with my life and just kind of get to know me a little bit, we'll definitely be posting on our Instagram page, so you can kind of get a little behind the scenes as far as what I'm doing back here and uh, what's going on in the restaurant world in Atlanta. So thank y'all again for tuning in. I'm your host, Louie Q. Y'all stay safe. Don't get the Rona. Take care. Thank you.